0: I'm Robert P. Fitton and this is a quick synopsis for the Vargad Emnes, part of the Sojourn series. Point of view is in the eyes of the beholder. Unlike the first book of the Sojourn saga, the Vargad Emnis begins with the Creods attacking the genetically connected beings that the Creods call Mantari. Roik is ordered to kill all the inferiors who will suffer the sins of Tarbun Shah. It is a savage, bloodletting affair with those who survive being brought to the torturous games aboard the mother ship. On the planet, the leader, the Tolton, watches beams ripping through the forest. He returns to the fortress in the council called the Plefka. They think all will be well by resonating to Tabun Shah. They claim to have ancient knowledge, and they see panoramas of the Battle of Golgar where the Tabun Shah fled for their own safety. The Tolton does not believe in ta Shah, and he prepares to leave the planet. Let me call a timeout here. Crossing the galaxy in this energy-contained passageway removes the snail's pace of spaceships over long distances and connects the planets and beings with the Mantari race. In the Jungian sense, there's more going on here. The brutal inner vengeance of the Creoid represents the shadow aspects of the human psyche. The interaction of energy in the universe is like the psychic energy of the mind. In Desperado, Tom Loftus's repressed memories of who and what is comparable to the repressed memories existing in all of us. His past experience is critical, but not all encompassing to his fulfilling of his destiny. Okay, back to the game. Let's meet Sard, the brutal Vargat, with 100,000 Creods serving him on his vessel, the Aragosta. Sard is forming the Death Empire to rid the Humeya, the universe, of all inferiors. Nice guy, huh? Sard believes the leaders the upper echelon are ineffective. Of course he does. He doesn't believe the inferior stories of the Surrey of Khan and the Taban Shah's final battle. The upper echelon now forbids Sard from hunting Mantari. Sard is ready to assume his own destiny and destroy the upper echelon. On the Tolton's planet, Royk is hacking up the inferiors. The Creard hordes are marching to the gates. Sard arrives and personally goes into battle viciously, the bloodthirsty alien butcher that he is. The Tolton fights but retreats to the Plefka who resonate to ta Shah. A green liquid energy sea appears from behind the walls. The Tolkien curses the Tabun Shah, grabs his clear cruxel that he's had since birth, and moves onto a boat that can navigate the energy sea, knowing that he will rise again. A burst of colored particles forms in the sail as the Tolkien vanishes into the green glow. After slicing up more inferiors, somewhere else Sard is ready to confront the upper echelon by trickery. And by now, our hero Loftus and his buddy Zack have been on the passageway for 153 days before they see a glow on the horizon. A vessel passes them in the distance like a ghost ship. Kath, DeLuca, and John, a blue outline of a dimensional time warp. Somehow they escape Bathurst Island. Zack and Loftus reach another planet and are processed through by the glebes beings with luminescent eyes. Loftus has native clothing and boots and moves around amidst a crowd with strange animals all around, but Zach becomes separated from Loftus. Loftus keeps thinking about trusting in Tabanshar, but then he's captured and has to go before a tribunal for being an Somes, a believer in Shah. In deep space and time, Sard has gained the confidence of the Vargas, He tells them that he intends to move against the upper echelon and seize control of the realm. As he waits for DeLuca, Loftus in prison is with men that are wasting away. The bunshaf that he wears around his neck is etched with tenets from the tenth tenet of the sabre in the first millennium. Etchings spontaneously appear, and he vows to find the sabre and read the words of Shah. The worship of Shah is forbidden. The sentence is immediate death. Loftus doesn't fear death. He, three, two, one. Loftus doesn't fear death. He's given words he does not know. Something tugs at his mind and emotions. A peaceful essence convinces him that he will survive. 23 years have passed for DeLucre since he landed from the passageway. He is now a member of the tribunal. But he cannot stop the other members sentence will be read and carried out an untimely death in the acid pit And lucre tells loftus that cath has married the tolton in the stands the white-haired Kath, goblet in hand sadistically watches the games as loftus is brought up to be killed in the acid pit she makes eye contact with loftus but her eyes are venom-packed and she leaves two conclusions Sard, as you would expect, topples the upper echelon, and Loftus not expectedly survives the acid pit. Sard is anointed, and Loftus is humbled. Loftus has rejected the Tolton's bitterness, and Sard can only be taken in by his own inner vengeance. It is a choice that boils down between the goodness in the universe versus the unbridled reckless pain and suffering. Because Kath married the Tolton, Loftus is drawn closer to the essence of the good, the awaited one, and Sard becomes the Vargert M. Ness, leader of the realm. The Vargert M. Ness is available at Kindle and paperback. The audio version is at audible.com. I'm Robert P. Fitton, and this has been The Vargat M. Ness, part of the Soul Journal series.